Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. And welcome to the debut episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. In this episode, we go back to my first memories of sport as a young child. It was the late 1970s, a time of big hair, flared pants and disco music. A time that established my great passion for sport. Now, every week we are going to have a quiz. A three-question quiz, Glenn. <laughs> Yeah, so those uh, questions will relate to that particular year. Yeah. But uh, because we're just doing a general talk of the 70s, because I can't remember it too much from each year of the 70s. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, these three questions relate to what I can remember from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, so question number one is, now the answers will be revealed Towards, at, towards the end of the episode each week. But question number one is, which two teams played out a draw in the VFL Grand Final in 1977? I'll read that out again. Which two teams played out a draw in the VFL Grand Final in 1977? And that was the first time I remember seeing <laughs> VFL on TV. I'm thinking, why are these guys wearing... <laughs> shorts <laughs> and singlet tops. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of winter. Right, question number two. What was the name of Australia's famous snooker and billiards player in the, in the late, or particularly late 1970s? He featured um, on a TV show called Pot Black. Right, the name of Australia's famous snooker and billiards player in the 1970s. Right, and the third and final question is, what was the name of the female swimmer who won the ABC Sportsman of the Year Award in 1978? <clears throat> the name of the female swimmer who won the ABC Sportsman of the Year Award. I guess they call it Sportswoman now. The, oh, sport, yeah. 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 Right, okay, 1978. Do you remember much about the 70s, Glenn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a bit older than I am, yeah. by four years or so. Hey, come on. Don't, hey? don't, don't, <laughs> don't give him the age away, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, well, growing up in the 70s, my father was big in um, speedboat racing. Oh, really? Ra- yeah, racing skiffs. He's got quite a few. When you say skits, what do you mean? Skiffs. Skiffs. They're, right. they're a type of boat. Yeah. Type of speedboat. Yeah. And he has quite a few championships. Really? That there's one Australian titles. And, that, and even today, in his 80s, he still has about six boats at home. Right. Where, whereabouts did he race them? It was down around, it was in Sydney around oh, yep. Silverwater, yeah. St George Motorboat Club. Oh, okay. Yep. And, um, and other areas down there. Yeah. But What's that place where they, I don't know whether they still do it, the Bridge to Bridge? What's that? Graft. Well, 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 there's one. Yeah. It, there's one in Grafton. Yeah. That I don't know if they still do it because hmm. there's a lot of restrictions now 
yeah. in place for speed boats and other events like that. Compared to the seventies, yeah, there was virtually no restrictions. Okay, on wallet. So yeah, I spent a lot of my younger days, you know, going to speedboat racing with with dad and, and yeah. seeing his speedboats and you know going involved with that. Mm-hmm. And there was also a gentleman by the name of Stan Bayless, who oh, was a heard of him. Yeah, yeah. he was a Australian championship. For, yeah. Three years or four years in a row for sidecar racing, motorbike sidecar racing. Okay. And um, yeah, I remember going out to places like Amaru Park. Yeah. And they would have club meetings. Really? And he would um, race in there. Oh, okay. He also, you know, also back in the 70s, they used to have the motorbikes around hmm. Mount Panorama at yeah. Bathurst. Yeah, I've driven around Mount yeah. Panorama a few times. That, yeah. went, that, that went for a very long time. Mm. And there's one story that he used to, he used to get there early before the most had turned up. Yeah. And he'd be on the bike and he'd do one lap. Yeah. Just around, one lap around the mountain. Yeah. Just to see it was all clear. Mm. And then, then he'd do another lap, just to make sure, double check it was clear. Yeah. Then on his third lap round, he'd just open the taps up, yeah. and he would just fly around that oh, mountain. Really? Yeah. And then, the, 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 yeah, back in those days, the, the police would have a little game with him. Yeah. <laughs> and then when yeah. he came around his third lap, they would come out of the bush yeah. and chase him. Oh, really? <laughs> but he had that much power. Yeah. Because he, he used race Suzuki's. Yeah. And um, yeah, he would just leave them in their dust. Yeah. But he, he was one, because the, the sidecar motor, motorbikes originally had where the rider would sit over like a normal motorbike. Yeah, yeah. But when he got a bit older, he brought in one of the first sit-down ones. Yeah. Where we would sit down and his legs would go forward. Oh, okay. And the controls would be like in the car. Right. You would have an accelerator and a brake yeah. just like in the car. Yeah, recumbent bike like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But they, but after a while they got banned and they couldn't do it anymore, but then yeah. they came back. Yeah. And his, his son's taken it on. Mm. So he's carried on for... Mm. Yeah, you know, a lot longer. But Stan was a real character. Yeah. And he had probably the, one of the greatest me- memories to know where parts were. Yeah. He had a massive big shed. The the, um, the shelves were full of parts. Yeah. Someone would come in and say, oh, I'm looking for this part for this bike. And, so, and Stan would say, I know where it is. I saw it 30 years ago. Yeah. It's in, on that shelf oh, really? up the top. Good. And he would go straight to it. Brilliant memory. And there it is. Yeah. yeah like, there was this, just this massive oh. shelf of all these parts. <laughs> and he had the ability to, yeah. to um, yeah, find it. So mm. Okay. The first you know, few years ago growing up, yeah. I was a young motorhead because yeah. <laughs> I was – in, you know, going out to speedboat racing, watch Dad race, yeah. and also going and seeing mm. Stan Bayless yeah. race. So Stan, yeah. Stan's been gone for quite a few years now, okay. but Dad's still going in his 80s and yeah. still like showing off his boats to um, 
to oh, okay. people that call around and see him. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they, they were all wooden boats. Yeah. And Mate, how fast would they go? Oh, yeah. Back yeah. then. Yeah. Back in there, then it was miles per hour. Yeah. So it's sort of well over 160 miles an hour. Hey, yeah. Bless my soul. So, some yeah. of them would be um, fairly fast. Hmm. And he, or he he raced a lot with a man by the name of Ernie Nunn. Yeah. And they actually built their own V12 engine. Yeah. They made the whole thing. Really? Gosh. They cast the pistons, they cast the heads. Yeah. They actually created it. And Dad had been racing, got into racing since he was 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, cool. yeah, that was interesting for me. Yeah. Growing up there now, but... but all the boats, all the more modern boats are fiberglass yeah, or, yeah. or another material compared yeah. to old wooden boats mm. back in the day. The World Series cricket that, mm. that Kerry Packer started. Yep. Um, yeah, the big change that was happening around then. Mm. Yeah, playing cricket out in the street. Yeah. And doing stuff like that as for. Um, Remembering any of it, mm. it's sort of vague, you know, vague at the moment, but it's, yeah. start, it's starting to come back now. That because I lived in the in the Shire, I was a Shire boy. Oh, okay. So it, it was the Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks rugby league. That's right, Steve team. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. So, Nineteen seventy-eight grand final, so, tied yeah. grand final. They lost. Yeah, they had to wait. What another? 40-odd years for another, to win their first one. Yeah, so, so coming, yeah. coming from the Shire, you were sort mm. of the, the chosen one. Yeah. Do you remember a movie called Puberty Blues? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, that was late 70s, set in the uh, Shire. Yeah. Yeah, and it oh, focused yeah. on um, the lives of uh, two teenage girls. Yeah. Yep, and they did a uh, miniseries of it. Yeah, in recent times, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. beats the original, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, what I remember, well, firstly, it was <clears throat> 1977, if we go back to then. That's the first year, like, I can remember my, vaguely my first day of school, 1976. Yeah. Um, I remember <laughs> running after mum and crying because yeah. I didn't want her to leave. And Yeah, 1977 was probably the year when I can clearly remember some things. So, yeah. firstly, I remember, you know, Elvis Presley dying. And being in the lounge room with my dad and he was watching TV and yeah, yeah and it came on that Elvis yeah. Presley died and, yeah. and I remember the uh, Granville train crash, which was very tragic. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, Blue Mountains train where I grew up and yeah, my parents knew some of the people who passed away in that. Yeah. It was a very sad time. I remember the day I was at my, gran uh, my nana's place. Yes. And my grandfather, and when it came on TV, and yeah, that was tragic. It was around eighty yeah. odd people who died, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, the famous song in that year was uh, "Things We Do for Love," Ten CC. Oh yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. Dreadlock Holiday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember one song, Andy Gibb. I just want to be your everything. Yeah, and I can remember that song because I remember that being on the TV the day I came off my training wheels on my oh, bike. Oh. And I'm going down the hill, and I'm. It was exactly outside where my parents live today. 
What do you mean you're off your training wheels? Yeah, on my bike. I'm still on mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went flying over the handlebars and I was yeah. grazed from head to toe. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I can't ride a two-wheel bike, so I, mm. I ride a trike. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Used to. I still fell off that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, a great movie then was Star Wars. That yeah. was the first Star Wars movie that came out. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Remember collecting the Star Wars card? Um, but yeah, we turn our mind to sport now and the Parramatta vs. St. George Grand Final. Right now, I'm a big Parramatta fan. And that was mainly from, you know, my dad, who was a big Parramatta supporter and a lot of my uh, family. So yeah, it came down in the family, really. That's how I... Yeah. Was it because Parramatta is closer to the Blue Mountains and, and out of the town? No, well, Penrith is actually. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Penrith was sort of the local team. But, yeah, because yeah, my dad was and my sister were Parramatta fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. I automatically became a Parramatta fan. And I remember I was at a uh, friend's place because I was staying there because my parents were in Melbourne on holiday. Oh. And I remember the, the grand final being on telly. That year, and yeah, and St George were leading nine nil at half time, and so they're only three point tries in those days. Yeah, and it was like a oh, the game was completely different. You know, it was a real game of attrition. Yeah. So if a team got out to a lead, that was pretty much it. They were going to win. Yeah. yeah, not like today where a team can just come back in the space of two tries, and yeah, so. Um, yeah, Parramatta got back to nine all. They scored a try. Ed, Ed Salkovich yeah. with a few minutes to go. Yeah. Tied the scores up. Now, Parramatta entered the competition, 1947. Yeah. Mick Cronin's lining up the kick from near the touchline to win them their first premiership. He runs in, he kicks. The ball's heading towards the posts. And then a gust of wing comes along and blows it away. Oh. Just wide of the upright. And the game goes into extra time, and it was still 9-all, and then the players are looking around, oh, what happens now? And then they announced, oh, over the PA, there'll be a replay of this game next Saturday, so the following weekend. And you know what happened the following weekend? <laughs> Barramatta got flogged, 22-0. <laughs> yeah, they got belted out of the game. St. George used a lot of dirty tactics. Yeah. And, but that, that was what happened in those days, you know. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. It was a rough, violent game, and you could get away with that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, there was Rod Reddy. He was cautioned about four or five times, and yeah, um, yep, never sent off. So, uh, yeah, you were talking before, Glenn, about the start of the World Series cricket. Oh, I've got a book here that was yeah. given to me by my nana, and it's called Cricket Alight, World Series Cricket. Yeah, and it's got Dennis Lilly and Viv Richards on the front. So it's a book on... Well, it's actually the second season of World Series Cricket. And it's got all their autographs, all the players. Uh, and I guess he's put their autograph on there as well. <laughs> Myself. Yourself. <laughs> Pretending I was a, yeah. a famous cricketer back then. Uh, but, yeah, the reason it came about was, uh, yeah, the players were getting paid bugger all. Yeah. You know, they were the top of their profession and yeah. earning absolutely yeah. hardly anything. You know, taking time off their work and away from their family and Kerry Packer who um, yeah he owned Channel 9 that's right yeah, 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 he, yeah. Had a, he had a big stake in in TV yeah um, he wanted cricket on his 
television yeah, set. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, the, mm. um, the, the ABC owned the rights. That's right, yeah. And he, mm. he, he wanted to start the World Series. Yeah. And he didn't want to take the, the rights away from mm. the ABC, that they could still have the... The test, ma- the test matches, mm. and they also and they could also broadcast the World Series cricket mm. for no charge from yeah. from, from Kerry's network, mm. and um, he actually took um, a guy called David Hill from mm. the, he used to work for the ABC, yeah, and he he came over with Kerry to mm. be involved with setting up the television, mm. and. Yeah, he developed a lot of new technology, like um, the old microphone in the behind the stumps. That's right. So you could yep. hear mm. when the ball hit the stumps yep. instead of someone hitting a piece of wood with mm. another piece of wood yeah. to simulate it. Mm. So through that, it uh, it changed mm. the, the the face of cricket. Yeah, and the Australian cricket board were very. You know, they just the players went to them. They said, you know, they, we just want a bit of a pay rise. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and they just not, not you're not getting it. Yeah. And so yeah, when Kerry Packer and uh, John Cornell, yeah, remember Strop yeah. from the Paul Hogan show, yeah, yeah. they approached a lot of players, and yeah, they were offering them thousands of thousands of yeah. dollars, you know, to come and join World Series cricket. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and yeah. A lot of the uh, the players jumped at the idea because they thought, how good's this? You know, they, they, they even thought then there was a good chance that they weren't going to play test cricket ever again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. they had to look after their families. They had That's to right. do what they had yeah, to yeah. do. Because b- yeah. back back when they were playing for, mm. you know, going overseas, they didn't, mm. have a sec- they didn't have a job overseas. That's right. They had to rely on the income from playing against yeah. England or, or South Africa or whoever mm. they were playing. Yeah. But in Australia, they, they would train and play cricket and then mm. also have their job. Yeah. yeah. Um, Billy Laurie, he was a, he was a plumber. Oh, I never Trained, knew that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, while, while he was playing cricket. Right. Yeah. They, they, had to, um, they had to support, like you said, their family and they couldn't do it on the wage of what the cricket board would pay. Frankly, from what Kerry Packer done, it brought a lot more people into watching cricket mm. because the, 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 he made it more... Oh, revolutionised yeah, the game. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like, you go through this book here and you know, it's, ama- yeah, it's amazing. You know, it was when they first started playing cricket under lights and the yeah. coloured clothing and... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, just the, some great uh, names here. Yeah. yeah. The, um, you know, the, the different balls that they, mm. they got made and tried up against yeah. the, the cameras, especially for night games. Yeah. Yeah, a lot went back, back in research mm. into developing the one-day series and then yeah. into the night games. They drop in pitches. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really made a big change mm. to the cricket. Do you remember the uh, Aeroguard ad? Oh yeah, yeah. Have yeah. a good day, Mister Walker. Yeah. You too, son. Yeah, yeah. Max Walker. He's sadly passed away now. Yeah. Great character. Yeah, that was a famous commercial. Um, yeah, I remember that very clearly. Apparently, it had a nickname called Tangles. Mm, that's right. So yeah. I heard one story about what it was about, but um, <laughs> I don't know whether it was true. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was told on one of um, Billy Birmingham's. Oh, okay. The 12th Man Yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, mm. but it, it gave um, a lot more back to 
yeah. the, the world and the cricket world. Yeah. yeah. And then it led on to a lot of great players mm. from that era able to go on to mm. coaching, yep. training and mm. even commentating. Yeah. Because it also allowed other countries from around the world to get into cricket. Mm. That didn't that didn't have the opportunity. Facil- yeah, yeah. Or the facilities to be able to have yeah. Big games, mm. and that, and then it opened it up to yeah. players from other countries coming into Australia mm. on scholarships yeah. to play cricket. Mm. And, yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, it was great game, great thing for the game. Yeah. all up. Uh, yeah. One, one, I'll tell you a good uh, Kerry Packer story. Yeah. There's a lot of them, but yeah, they mentioned this in uh, oh the Channel Two documentary, Cricket in the Seventies. Yeah, and yeah, they, they used to play, see, because World Series cricket, they weren't allowed to play at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. So all the games in Melbourne had to be played at um, Waverley Park, yeah. VFL Park. Yeah. And, yeah, there was this, this was in the first season, I think, and they had a night game on. And the game was getting late. You know, it was getting late. And the council, local council, wanted them to finish at a certain time. Yeah. And, yeah, World Series Cricket and Kerry Packer, they're all getting nervous, you know. Oh, jeez, what's going to happen, you know? They're going to have to turn the lights off and the game's still going. It's yeah. not going to finish in time. Yeah. And then Kerry Packer thought, stop the clock. And he <laughs> told them, go stop the clock on the ground. <laughs> and then, yeah, it ended up being this uh, thrilling finish. Yeah. And a West Indian called Wayne Daniel hit a six. It might have been off the last ball to yeah. win the match for the West Indies. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, the crowd came running on the ground and, yeah, so yeah. if we go to the 1978, yeah, the first test tube baby came along. Yeah, very special moment. Yeah. Uh, one famous song that I do remember was the song Three Times a Lady yeah. by Commodores. Yeah, Commodores. <laughs> the the you remember that? Yeah. I remember because I was on holiday with my family in a place called Hawk's Nest. Oh, yeah. It's on... Uh, Near Newcastle. And, yeah, where we were staying, all these um, oh, young adults were making this Coca-Cola commercial. And yeah. if you go on YouTube now, you can type it in, like Coca-Cola commercial 1978. Yeah. And it was a commercial with the, you know, the big blow-up ball yeah, yeah. and they're all running around in it. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah, they were all staying where we were and they were causing chaos in this place, all these... Yeah. And I remember, you know, women going around topless and I thought, <laughs> oh, how good's this? Yeah. But I remember that song, Three Times a Lady by the Commodores yeah. being on yeah. in the commercial and yeah. and the kangaroo tour. Yeah, so they used to have kangaroo tours then and it's sad that they don't have it now. They were, what with kangaroos? Yeah, so, <laughs> so it was at the, every four years, the Australia rugby league team would travel to England and France oh, yeah. and play like, they'd go there for about three months and play a whole heap of games and play free tests against Great Britain. And yeah, and it was one all. They had the deciding test. Yeah. And the Great Britain team, they were called Dad's Army because they're all these old players. And, uh, yeah, I remember waking up and found out that Australia had won. And there was one player, like, oh, well, my favourite commentator of all time, Rex Mossop. Yeah. The Moose Mossop, he's sadly yeah. not with us anymore. But, oh, he was great. Because he, 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 he originally played for Manly. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was a dual international. Yeah. Yeah, all-time great. But just a oh, brilliant commentator. Yeah. Excellent one-liners. 
It and I remember he scored when Les Boyd, an Australian player, he was, yeah, seemed like a nice bloke off the field, but on the field, yeah, he copped a few. <laughs> yeah, he was sent off a lot. Um, had a few long stints on the sideline, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, have you heard of him? No. Yeah, I heard him being interviewed recently, real yeah. character. Yeah. But he scored this wonderful try and he's just gone straight through the Great Britain pack and scored under the post and Rex Mossop going, oh, he's kept them, Boyd's kept them. It's a skiller. All the Great Britain players should get down and bow on, on their knees. You remember a famous movie, 1978, Greece. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Olivia Newton-John, yeah, John Olivia. Travolta. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember Countdown with Molly Meldrum. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every I Sunday night. I certainly do. And yeah. um, the Alberts, um, you know, because they're responsible for the Easy Beats, yeah. the Angels, a lot of Australian bigger bands. Mm. They were a big part of that show. Yeah. About, apparently about a, a third of the act on that show came from the Albert Studios. Oh, okay. John Paul Young. Oh, yeah. Oh, JPY. Exactly. Oh, I idolised him. Yeah. Remember the... Uh, oh, I, I sat on his lap, but... Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, clean. And, and he had this, he had this um, fishing cap. That yeah, he, yeah, that he had because my father did work at Albert's recording studio. Yeah, and he took me in there to see them record. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I saw JPY and yeah. John English and Marsha Hines and, oh, and yeah. others like that. I was just going to mention them. Yeah, yeah. do you remember uh, they had like the King and Queen of Pop? That's right. Yeah. And I remember when John Paul Young didn't win, I cried. Yeah, and Sherbet won it instead. I, they were Braithwaite. Yeah. yeah. How's that? Just but, about. I caught you out. How's that? Yeah. And, and Marsha Hines was queen so many times. Oh, was she ever? And, yeah. and, and even, you know, like with JP what John Paul Young mm. as king and then Daryl Braithwaite, he took over the crown. But, yeah. but, but Marsha was still, still the queen of pop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I remember my first live sports match. I remember my dad taking... Yeah. Me to Param- uh, Penrith Park. Parramatta was playing Penrith. Yeah. What I remember most is sitting on the hill and, you know, you're close to the action and just seeing the expression on the players' faces, you know, yeah. as they're about to get smashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember going on a holiday the Coffs Harbour that year, uh, later that year, and the semi-finals were on. Yeah. And good old Parramatta again. They're playing Manly in the s- semi-final. And they're up. You know, they've got a good lead. Went leading by about 10 points, 11 points. Back yeah. in those days, yeah, that was a good lead, you yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, and Manly scored a few late tries and the game was all locked up. Yeah. And then they had to come back a few days later Yeah. and play it again. We're up at Coffs Harbour watching it, staying at this caravan park. And Do you remember which caravan park? Oh, I remember driving past the – I don't – think it's there anymore before after the big banana ah it's before when you're coming from the gold gold coast yeah so on the left hand side probably about five ten k's out yeah yeah but i remember dad and i watching it on tv at the caravan park there yeah and uh yeah and they came back a few days later and you know this is a middle of school holiday so there's a massive packed out crowd there and remember a referee called Greg Hollywood Hartley. 
and he wasn't very popular with Parramatta. Yeah. And uh, yeah, some there was some really controversial. You know, Parramatta again had a big lead. Yeah. And blew it. Yeah. You know, and uh, Manly scored a try in the off in the seventh tackle. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you only given six tackles. Yeah. So he miscalculated <laughs> how many tackles there were, and yeah, and Manly won. Parramatta wanted the game replayed. And they didn't get their way. And I remember my hero, Ray Price, being sent off. So, yeah, another another year for Parramatta bites the dust. Manly went on to win the grand final. They played about, won about six games in 20-odd days. And that yeah. would never happen today. <laughs> yeah. I remember my first Melbourne Cup, sitting watching my first Melbourne Cup that yeah. I remember yeah. at school. And we went to the library and sat and watched it. Yeah. I think it was Arwan that won that year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Wallabies. Have you heard of this name, Glenn? Rugby League. I just thought about this the other day. I was looking through a book and I thought, oh, yeah, I remember that. His name was Greg Cornelson. Yeah, the Wallabies were playing the All Blacks. Now, Greg Cornelson, he was a forward and he'd never scored a try. Yeah. You know, for Australia or... I'm not sure whether it was for Australia or... But he never scored a try before or afterwards. And in this particular game against the, the mighty All Blacks, it was the third game, it was a dead rubber because, yeah, the All Blacks, oh, they were just always, always been brilliant, haven't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, he scores, scored four tries against them. Yeah. Australia won 30-16. to 16. Yeah. And then, uh, the, yeah, the following year, they won the Bledisloe Cup for the first time in a very long time. And he's, yeah, and... One thing, my hero, Muhammad Ali, uh, flits like a butterfly, stings like a bee. I remember uh, I played soccer, and that was the first year I ever played sport, 1978. And it was before I left to go to soccer that day to play soccer. And I remember the Ali-Spinks fight being on television. Yeah. And, yeah, so this, uh, they'd fought earlier in the year, apparently, and Spinks had won, and Ali and Spinks had a rematch later in the year. So yeah. this is the second fight I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Ali won. Yeah. And he won his third heavyweight title. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a moment that really sticks in my memory. We'll go to the 1979. Mm. Coming towards the en- end of the decade, the uh, USSR invade Afghanistan. Uh, I remember being on holiday in a place called... Uh, Halliday's Point. Do you know where that is? Down near Tyree. That's right, near Tyree. Yeah, I was there with my family and remember we went for a walk. Yeah, I might have been with my dad or my sister and we're coming back to this holiday house that we're at and my mum's going, oh, Lord Mountbatten died. He was assassinated. And I'm going, who is that? Yeah, and he was a royal. He was uh, Prince Charles' uncle, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so at that time, you know, it was when the uh, the IRA and the British government, yeah, yeah we were having a war, and yeah, yeah, and the IRA had organised a bomb on this boat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, great song that year. Don't bring me down, ELO. Yeah. Oh, now is it? Don't bring me down, Bruce, or don't bring me down, Bruce? Don't bring me down, Bruce. Yeah. I- I thought it was too, but I think it might be Groose. 
I, I wonder if we'll ever know. We can always Google it. <laughs> <laughs> I did Google it. And they said Bruce, yeah. but then, yeah, you look up lyrics and they say Bruce. Forever remain well, a mystery. Oh, a great movie that year was Kramer versus <laughs> Kramer. <laughs> yeah, Kramer versus Kramer. It's a great movie. Meryl Streep and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Now, yeah, another thing, uh, Controversy Corner with Rex Mossop on oh, Sunday mornings. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. He'd sit there and discuss the game, the the uh, the games for the round, and with a with a panel of experts. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Fibros versus the Silvertails, Western Suburbs versus Manly, and their big brawls. And there was a really good documentary on it in recent years. But there was actually a sixty minutes episode. And I can remember this. Um, yeah, about the uh, yeah Roy Masters. He was the coach, yeah. and the pre-game. That the team would Western Suburbs would do in the change room, where they'd all be slapping each other and wrestling each other and bashing each other, and uh, yeah, and oh boy, it was a different game back then. Yeah, that, po- yeah. probably to get the adrenaline really. Popular. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, get your aggro, get out mm. there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Les Boyd, he was saying recently. Um, yeah, he was paired with um, <laughs> one of his. He's like his best mate. <laughs> he was a player in the team and. Uh, yeah, and they just acted it. Like, I'm not hitting you. <laughs> You're my mate. You know? yeah. I'm not going to bash you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember going to uh, Cumberland Oval, which was Parramatta's home ground back then. Now, back in those days, Glenn, yeah, the grounds weren't like the boutique stadiums oh, they are now. Yeah. Cumberland Oval, yeah. tiny grandstand, wooden seats. You get <laughs> splinters up your backside. Uh, no shelter. So if it was raining, you're stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> and the old field became pretty oh, muddy after yeah. a bit of rain. Oh, I did a what? Yeah, and I remember <laughs> Parramatta playing Balmain. We went there and Parramatta absolutely towed them up. And I remember Larry Corrow running down the sideline. Yeah. yeah, he was he was fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Balmain, former Balmain winger. And I remember seeing my heroes in action, Mick Cronin. Ray Price. Yeah. Yeah. I go back to 1976. Yeah. I forgot to mention this with 1977. Yeah. Parramatta were in their first ever grand final. They played Manly. Down 11 points to 10. Yeah. With minutes to go, the ball goes to a man called Neville Glover with the line wide open and he drops the ball as cold as a spud. Yeah. And there goes Parramatta's chances. And even to that day, that corner... At the Sydney Cricket Ground yeah. is called Neville's Corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. True story. He was, a, he was a great player, Neville Glover. Really yeah. good winger. Played for Australia. Yeah. But on that moment, it was too much. Uh, yeah. So, and then uh, we go to the semi-finals. Parramatta are in there again. They've had a great year. And they're playing Canterbury in the final. To, and the winner goes on to play St. George in the grand final the following week. And it's a really tight game. The lead's seesawing. And then midway through the second half, Steve Mortimer goes straight through the side, Parramatta pack. And I remember Rex Mossop going, look at him go, look at him go, look at him go. And look at Parramatta go out of the competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Another year bites the dust. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, the drag at St. George, they went on to win that year. 
Have you heard of a name called Safrez Nowaz? Is that a type of dish? <laughs> <laughs> Indian dishes? He's got something to do with cricket. Cricket. Nah. Right, he was a former Pakistani Pakistan, yeah. fast bowler. Yeah. And he used to sort of trundle up to the wicket, you know, and you just think, oh, gosh, he's nothing. Yeah. But uh, so back in those, those days, the World Series cricket, you had the World Series Australian side where pretty much all the top players were. Yeah. So you Dennis Lilly, Greg Chappell, Ian Chappell. Yeah. Yeah, Dougie Walters. Yeah. But then you had the uh, Australian team. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that was lined with the ACB and they were on Channel 2. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were playing Pakistan, the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Yeah. Two men and a dog there watching the game. Yeah. And Australia was chasing 300 and something to win. Yeah. And they're cruising along, you know, yeah. Alan Border and Kim Hughes. They have three down, bugger all runs to get. Yeah. And then Safraz now as all of a sudden, starts reverse swinging the ball. Yeah. And, yeah, back in those days, like, once the shine went off the ball, well, pretty much no one thought it would ever do anything, yeah. you know. It was all up to the spinners. And, yeah. yeah, and he got seven for one, destroyed the Australian batting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> he got nine wickets. Yeah. Pakistan won the test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they were all expecting the World Series to fail. That's right, yeah. And then I, I yep. remember seeing the documentary where mm. – even Kerry started to think that. Oh, they did, yeah. And, and then they played this match mm. and some people showed up. Mm. And then by the time we got going on TV, mm. and the crowd just turned up. Yeah. And they locked the gates because mm. the stadium was full. And there was still more people turning up outside. And yep. Kerry Packer said, let them in. That's right. He True said, story. He said, yep. I've done this yep. because I want the people to see it. Mm. So exactly. they opened open the gates and they're all jam-packed. I was everywhere else. Yeah. Well, that game you're talking about, Glenn, that was um, the first game under lights at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yeah. Yeah, they'd built lights. Because the second season of World Series Cricket, well, the first season they weren't allowed to play at the Cricket Ground. Um, so they played at the show ground. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but the second season... They were allowed to play at the cricket ground. They built the uh, the big light towers that are still there today. Yeah. And, yeah, that was the game, Australia versus the West Indies. Australia yeah. won that game. And uh, I think it was about five wickets or something. Yeah. And, yeah, so that was the turning point. That was when they knew they had they had the public. Yeah. yeah. Apparently those first set of lights mm. took – the first original set took something like – Mm. 90 minutes to two hours to warm up. Yeah, to that's come right. on. Mm. And if the power got cut, yeah. they could not reset them mm. until those lights had cooled right down. Otherwise, yeah. they would have blown the filaments in yeah. the lights. That's right. Yeah. And now we jump forward to the day and they've got LED. Yeah. And they can <laughs> switch them on straight away and switch them off. And yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. technology is really advanced. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, they play in indoor stadiums now, you know. And, and I think it was back in the 70s and 80s, each tower yeah. cost $200 in electricity per hour. Gosh. To run. Yeah. So that was a lot of money. Yeah. So, so what? There was at least six towers. Mm. A lot of money per hour. Yeah. To yep. be paying. Because, like, in today's money, 
first say like the Suns to host a game at Metricon. Yeah. They have to hire the, the stadium mm. and it costs $20,000 a day. Yeah, I believe it. Mm. To, to, to hire it from that, – that's how Metricon make their money. Yeah, yeah they've got great lights. But, um, yeah, what happened at the end of that second season of World Series Cricket, yeah, yeah the ACB and World Series Cricket and Curry Packer, they got together and, yeah, yeah. they made up. And yeah. the following season they came together and the Australian team was, um, yeah – they yeah. played the West Indies in England. Yeah. They uh, lost to the West Indies. Yeah. Uh, they played England. They they won easily because yeah. they had their best side going. But I remember going to the second test. It was my first ever live cricket match. Went there with my dad. Yeah, and oh, Australia was chasing about 200 and something. I think it was Ian Chappell's. might have been his last test match. Yeah. And uh, Greg Chappell was batting and he scored – oh, he – he was on 94, and Australia needed oh, about, you know, four runs to win or something. And, yeah, and Greg Chappell needed a, a six to get his ton. Yeah. I remember Ian Botham bowling to him, and he just bowled him this absolute, like, yeah. dolly ball so he yeah. could get this six to get his hundred because they'd lost the match, you know. The, Australia yeah. was winning by a mile. And, um, yeah, and it just landed short where I was sitting. And yeah. he didn't get his 100, unfortunately. So, yeah. Remained on 98, not out. Australia won the game. So was it back in the 70s when um, Dennis Lilly bowled that money? No, that was uh, the following year. No, yeah. not early early 1981. Yeah. yeah, he didn't actually bowl it. It was uh, Trevor Chappell oh, yeah. who bowled it, instructed by Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So when we go to the year 1981, yeah, yeah we'll go into oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, good Dennis Lilly moments I'll yeah. talk about. We're going to give you the answers now to the three questions that we had earlier. Which two teams played out a draw in the VFL Grand Final in 1977? The answer is North Melbourne and Collingwood. Can you remember who won, Glenn? No. North Melbourne! Did North Melbourne become the move up to Sydney and become the Swans? No, that was South Melbourne. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and they became the Swans. Sydney Swans. The answer to question number two, the name of Australia's famous snooker and billiards player who appeared on Pot Black on the ABC (laughs) every Friday night, I remember. Yeah, I remember watching that. (laughs) Yeah. Eddie Charlton. Charlton. Yeah. Yeah, bless his soul. He's no longer with us. Wonderful guy. I actually used to feel sorry for the the guy that he was playing because yeah. <laughs> Eddie was that good that he would just yeah you know, the guy would just sit down most of the time. Yeah, it was very, very <laughs> and just watch Eddie just slug him, and it was very rare for Eddie to miss. Yeah, yeah. oh, they're amazing those guys. They're yeah. dynamite, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, and the third answer the third question: the name of the female swimmer. He won the ABC Sportsman of the Year Award in 1978 was Tracy Wickham. Yeah. I think she won a she um, broke a world record that year too. Yeah. Yeah. In the 800 meters. <laughs> but I'm going to dive in to oh, the time machine. No, no, uh, Pick a think, year out. Don't you think I should do that? <laughs> yeah, be my guest. Pick one out. Just uh, there's no rigging here. There's no. Tampering yeah. of the of the tickets here. What year is it that we'll talk about next week? Stand by. Well, hang on, if I oh, 
It's between 1983 and 1985. 1984. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I look forward to it. Well, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And we look forward to talking to you about going 1984 next week. Yeah.